0: Hello everybody, I'm coming to you a few hours before my induction, (laughs) yay! I've made it to 39 weeks and my doctor is inducing me tonight, both for logistical and baby reasons, it's time to go in and get things moving along and I'm so excited. But I couldn't not put out an episode this week, this is the final episode before I go on maternity leave and then you'll see me back mid-April with some other amazing mom guests. But for now, let us focus on the guest at hand. It is my dear friend, Courtney Brown. Courtney is the founder and CEO of Sense of Style, and she works with Be Fulfilled with her husband as well. And she is just extraordinary. She's a mom of three. They're a transracial family, and her kids have come to her through adoption as well as biologically. We talk a lot about mental health, both for our children and our own in our own process of evolving as a mom and evolving in terms of what does supporting our kids look like and what is supporting ourselves look like as well. It is a fantastic conversation and I hope that you feel a level of connection with Courtney that I have since the very beginning as well. She's a cheerleader of women, which I love more than anything. So let's get to it with Courtney Brown. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Courtney Brown today. Hi, Courtney. Hello, Jessica. So happy to be with you this morning. This has been a long time coming, hasn't it? (laughs) I know. Thank you for being patient with me and for having me. Of course. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. We met about a year ago, and as you pointed out on the video camera that we currently have going... I'm in a bit of a different state. I'm I'm a few pounds heavier due to an excessive amount of human that I'm growing. Things are different you know, now. A year you're later, just
1: creating <laughs> life. That's it. No exactly, big deal. <laughs> exactly.
0: You know, just growing a human. I mean, how the heck do our bodies know what to do? It it blows my mind all the time.
1: It's it's such an incredible. Honestly, anytime. baby is born it's like such a miracle that it happens and it happens (laughs) without like problems major issues issues
0: yeah no i know i was in for an ultrasound yesterday and obviously when the baby's in the womb they don't have to use their lungs to breathe right Mm -hmm. and so usually they're sleeping or you know it's quite passive and there's not major movement but for some reason once the doppler got on him. He was, like, br- like, panting, breathing. You could see his, like, little lungs going. And she's like, wow, you have an overachiever there. And I just felt really proud that he was just breathing. <laughs> He's already doing He's it doing right. It.
1: He's already doing it.
0: Yeah, totally. Oh. oh Well, I am so excited to just have this, this chat. I feel like the world and life feel so hurried and busy. And I just love the podcast, especially because it gives both of us, and hopefully mostly you, a chance to just – Take a breath and just kind of reflect and give yourself the space to realize how far you've come, what you've learned, what you've accomplished, and what you continue to do. So for people that don't know you yet, Courtney, that's hard to believe, but, you know, just give a little background on yourself and your family to get started.
1: Happy to. Um, So what most people know me for (laughs) is that I am the CEO and founder of Sense of Style, which is an online women's fashion brand. I've been doing that for nearly 14 years. Uh, I started Sense of Style in March of 2007. So very quickly here, we will be up on our 14th anniversary. And um, about three years ago, my husband and I spun off our sister company, Be Fulfilled. So I am the CEO of not one, but two multimillion dollar companies. And I'm also a mother of three. I'm an adoptive mother. I'm a mother of a child with mental illness. We are a transracial family. And so we have a lot going on all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) You do have a lot going on. Growing up, Would you have pictured your family and your life to look something like this? Like, did you always have a lot going on? Did you always have, you know, wear a lot of hats,
1: things like that? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. I grew up, I'm one of six children. I grew up in Boise, Idaho, in quite a traditional environment, right? I was the fifth of six, three boys, three girls. My dad always made the joke that that's what he called Planned Parenthood or whatever, (laughs) you know, like, and it was um, pretty idyllic, right? My father was an attorney. My mother stayed home. He was very the the very conservative provider, and she was this creative artist. And I got what I believe were kind of contradictory messages from them, Um, and from the reverse parent, if you will, because from my very traditional stay at home mom, but who was an artist at heart, she said, "Grow up, get married." have babies and raise them. Hmm. And from my very conservative attorney father, he said, go and conquer the world, use your brain and do whatever you feel passionate about. And, um, I definitely grew up in a highly achieving family, right? Um, we were all achievers. I'm an achiever. And I felt very conflicted, especially, um, in my young adulthood as to okay I know I want I know I'm called to be a mother mm-hmm. I know that is my calling and I'm called to do other things too I have I have a mark to be made in this world how can I do both and to be fair I didn't have a lot of models for doing both in my life and um so Early on, I married John very young, started down a very traditional path, right? I was 20 when we got married. And in the culture I grew up in, it was you get married young, and you start having babies. And so what was the next step in the plan to achievement was have babies. And um, that didn't come super easy to me. I miscarried five times in several years and um as an achiever i was like oh i'm sorry body you don't tell me what i can't do i'm gonna figure this out and when i was pregnant for the fifth time um in about three years i looked at john and i said i can't keep doing this if this ends not happily i'd like to pursue adoption and that was may of 05 and through what can only be called miraculous. We adopted our daughter in August of 05. Um, so adoption was our path to family. We adopted B, Bella, our oldest, she's 15 now, in 05. And then Chase, we adopted in 08. And then as mer- miracles will happen, I got pregnant again in um, and had Ryder in the fall of 11. So I, um, we have three children, two adopted and one biological. Bella is Latina, Chase is black and Ryder's a little white boy. So <laughs> we like to call that shades of brown. Yes. <laughs> We're all just shades
0: of brown. <laughs> that is right. That is so incredible. And you're right. As an achiever, When your body does not respond and your life circumstances do not up to exactly what you pictured, and especially in the timeline you pictured and all these things, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation when I kind of flippantly mentioned like, how does our body know what to do? Sometimes our body doesn't do exactly what we want it to do, but it always does what it needs to do.
1: Oh, I don't, said.
0: I don't, I don't know. Cause I, cause I, I definitely want to honor like the pain and the grief and the betrayal that we can feel when, when things don't go the way that we think it is. And so as an achiever, how did you reconcile, you know, A plus B always equaled C before, and you could always, you know, make things happen for yourself and effort them and learn and grow. and, But not then.
1: No, in fact, um, How I reconciled was I found another path and another plan. I was determined to adopt a baby. That was my next path. That was my next course. And to be fair, I mean, that was 15 years ago. And I am just starting to reconcile in my heart and in my mind and in my emotions, the pain of those miscarriages. It's taken me this long to even acknowledge what that did to me emotionally and physically and when you're told as a woman especially in the culture i grew up in um that that's your path and that path doesn't come easy to you there's a lot of pain in that and a lot of um what's wrong with me and i will say just as you did my body did not give me the thing i thought i wanted but i got exactly what i needed and the course of my life Um, has been led in such a beautifully messy way because of it yeah um yeah yeah, so that to get to so Sense of Style actually comes out of this story because I was a brand new mom and I thought, oh, here I go. You know, if if Pinterest had existed, I was going to be a Pinterest Utah mom, but it didn't <laughs> back then. I was going to throw the birthday parties with the cakes and, you know, I'd do the crafts and... um it was very early on in Bella's life that I realized I needed a creative outlet outside of motherhood and that I was going to pave my own path. That if I didn't have a model in my life of a woman who was both mother and CEO, I was going to become that hmm. for myself and hopefully for others. And so Bella was born in '05, and in early '07, I started this little hobby company. I saw a place in the market, I love fashion, always have, and, you know, this is 07, this is before Target had reinvented itself, and I saw that there was a need for affordable, curated fashion for the everyday woman, that she needed a best friend to say, well, don't buy that, (laughs) buy this. Yes like take all that crazy messy and just get these items and you don't have to spend a lot because they're trendy and you don't need to spend a lot on trends and that's where sense of style was born it was born out of this need to be both mother and creator it was a hobby company for the first few years and then in um Right after Ryder was born, in late 11, early 12, I pivoted and went 100% online. And from there, that's where we experienced our massive growth and um, all of the good that has come from that, which is employing lots of women and impacting, I hope, a lot of women's lives by product that makes them feel better about who they are. And then we've spun off the second company from this place, and it all came from this kind of Interesting place that like I told you um my roots of being told by my dad to go and do whatever I wanted in life and by my mom to be a mom, yeah. and somehow I've managed to do both. I don't know if I've done it well, but I've done it <laughs> right so.
0: and are we all learning along the way what what that looks like for us and and I'm sure. I can only imagine as your kids are growing up and as your business is growing into this empire that you probably never quite expected, and then launching another company and all these things, you know the impact you're continuing to have on the outside world, but as needs increased within your family as well, that had to be a really challenging time to know kind of how to allocate your time. And I mean, again, you're achieving, growing this business and yet there's certain limitations you all, we all have as parents where it's like, we don't get to choose our kids' choices. We don't get to choose their challenges. We don't get to solve all their problems. And that hurts more than anything. Tell me, tell me about that.
1: So we've been in the midst of that the last several years. Um, I've been pretty honest and open on social media about um, our daughter's struggle with mental health um, because I feel like people don't talk about it. And I'm not great when, with things that people don't talk about <laughs> yeah, <neither. laughs> because I think, no, I think nothing comes of um, hiding um, nothing good. I think it. things need to be in the light to be healed. Yeah. And so um, um, our Our oldest, B, she prefers B, so I try to (laughs) um, use that. She has autism. She also has some intellectual disability, and she has a mood disorder. So we have a lot going on there. And as she's moved into her teen years with hormones and emotions, things have escalated. And... um, last year about 1 year ago actually she spent some time in the psychiatric hospital here in Salt Lake City and has since been in a day treatment program um, so let's add to what everyone experienced in 2020 and let's just add some more to it right? no like i think kidding. that's <laughs> That, I think that's been everybody's experience, though. Like, let's have a worldwide pandemic, and then everybody gets something else on top of it. Yeah. So <laughs> wow. that they were not anticipating. So really, we've had to reflect on this a lot in the last couple of years. Um, and I will be 100% honest, we do not do it alone. I believe women, I believe anyone can have whatever they want in life, but I do not believe you can have it without help, and I do not believe you can have it all at once. Mm-hmm. We have help. Um, We were able to hire an incredible nanny in the fall that takes on a lot of driving responsibilities for us. And on the business side, two years ago, I hired a president for Sense of Style to come in and take care of the day-to-day operations while I concentrated in the areas that I was most fit to do. I didn't say this, but my husband, John, who is my best friend and partner in all things, joined Sense of Style from his VP of um, Sales in an import company full time in 2014. So we've worked hand in hand, which is a is such a blessing to us, but it also has required us. Um, To really dig deep into what is your job, what is my job, and how do we respect and honor one another in those places. Um, John runs our sister company, Be Fulfilled, on the day to day. I do a lot of the creative at Sense of Style and then oversee the strategy on both companies. And then Julie runs the day to day on the operations side at um, Sense of Style. Um, So I guess my answer to your question is it ebbs and flows and it's. Just because it worked two years ago the way you're doing it, it may not work now, and that's okay because one of the laws of this universe in which we live is impermanence and things are going to change, and we have to be willing to flow, and my way of being able to flow through that is help from other people.
0: Absolutely, and in this year of of schooling my kids from home, they have yet to go back to school. I felt a real struggle with my kids of being the one to relay not only my parental responsibilities and input to them but also the teaching responsibilities. Oh, so, man. you know, when I'm giving them, you know, feedback on, I almost said criticism, but you know what I mean. Uh, feedback on handwriting. Did you put a period in that sentence? Did da like the, the the level of adding in then that role and that hat as well to my kids it just kind of put them over the edge of like mom is always on me right and so I do think that some of our messaging is best coming from our mouth to our kids ears and some messages are best coming from another source so whether that's you know a mentor or a medical professional or a nanny or an outside teacher. Or, fill in the blank, or president of your company, you know, who's the best person to relay the messaging at that time so that the person can hear
1: it? I think that is so wise. And we, isn't it incredible? I mean, I love women. I love women's capacity to take things on. I think we're absolutely phenomenal and in this past year so many of us have had to take on additional hats of of teacher of coach Mm -hmm. of you know and and it has not been you're absolutely right and we've learned this big time with b is that she does not often receive from us um Mm -hmm. and so we've tried to switch the narrative and we're we're there for her, and but we have got we have really worked very hard to bring in other people into her life as mentors, as connections, because especially in this pandemic year where we really haven't seen a lot of people, um, it's been a struggle with pe- mental health, and I think that's across the board. And it's okay for us all to acknowledge that um, adding these additional hats has is not only hard on our kids, but it's hard on us. Yeah. And we need to be gentle with the fact that, um, <laughs> you know what, they may not be a grade level in math this year, because guess what? I'm not the greatest math teacher. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And that's hard. And, it's hard to swallow, though, you right. know, like, it's one thing to say it, but it's another
1: thing to feel like a failure at the end of the day, because it's like, I couldn't even help my fifth grader with their math over <laughs> <laughs> Other than I have to I have to reframe it, and I have worked very hard on this and say with the hard things in my life. I mean, I have, be- I have a beautiful life and I do have the privilege of being able to have a lot of help. And I have really, really hard things in my life. Having a child that um, struggles and doesn't wanna live a lot of days is heart-wrenching. And so one of the tools I have used That I love to tell others about is asking what the gift is in the situation. And instead of focusing our attention on feeling bad that I don't understand fifth grade common core math, which I don't, um, what what is the gift? Well, the gift could be as simple as there are teachers who do. Mm There's YouTube videos that help me understand it better that we can watch together. Um, or, or even, you know what, I'm not great at math, but I, that English paper that, you know what, I will read that book with you and we will, we will write a book report on my son's reading the giver right now Mm -hmm. in seventh grade. Right. Like we we can do that. (laughs) Yeah. We we got that. that. I'm good at that. And so, we're so hard on ourselves as moms, and I do believe we really think our capacity is endless. And let me tell you, our capacity is huge, huge, and beyond even what I think we know. But we can't do everything, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So instead of focusing on the places where we are not good and we, it's really hard for us, let's f- move our focus to where we are and find help where we're not. And help doesn't always have to mean monetarily speaking, right? Yeah, yeah. We're creative. We can come up with things outside, you know, hiring someone.
0: Right. Yeah, it makes me think of the word resources. Like so, like I yes. really so deep down believe that our kids were meant for us. We're equipped for our kids every single aspect. And yet, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we we don't often feel that, right? But sometimes being equipped means doing it yourself. And sometimes being equipped means being equipped to be able to support them and finding the resources. So whatever that looks like, right? Like point them in the right direction of the right YouTube channel of this amazing math teacher who can explain everything great. Um, Sometimes it's just finding the right friend for them. Sometimes it's taking them to the right soccer practice, you know, things like that. And we are equipped for that. We're equipped for that. And we'll get inspiration for that.
1: I agree. And if, um, nothing has taught me that more than, I mean, I have two children that I do not share biology with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, we And I have no doubt in my mind that they were meant to be in my home with me for a specific reason or reasons. And I've watched it unfold. And it's so fascinating because, okay, this comes back to being the achiever and it's going to make me emotional, but, um, I learned early on in life that I could achieve my way to basically anything. If I worked hard enough, if I used my brain, I cannot achieve my way into healing my daughter's mental health. I literally have to surrender. I have to surrender to love and faith and hope and God. And I think that is my lesson. I'm sure she has lessons to learn from me, but that's my lesson that I get to learn from her. Early on, it was I didn't get to choose what she wore, right, or how she did her hair. And that's really funny because I own a fashion brand, right? (laughs) And she's very adamant that she does not like sense of style. And (laughs) very. And if you know B, she wears eccentric clothes and um does her hair very interestingly and walks around with a wand and she's absolutely creative and fabulous and I have to surrender to who she is I do not get to make her into anything.
0: Hey everyone, I know we're deep into Courtney's story, but I want to thank a show sponsor that makes this program possible, and that is Bulldog Yoga. Just like we're talking about in this interview, it's no secret we're all juggling a lot, and sometimes our physical fitness can go by the wayside. But for me personally, yoga has always been not only a great physical activity, but something to recenter my mental health, my focus. And I don't know about you, but I can get behind prioritizing that in my life. So enter Bulldog Yoga. Bulldog Yoga Online is about taking the intimidation out of yoga and replacing it with music, smiles, and no judgment. And Bulldog Yoga is about making yoga fun. Yeah, fun. And Bulldog's streaming online classes are available on demand anytime, anyplace, on your schedule. So, so convenient. Classes of every level. Classes for every age you guys are going to love Bulldog Yoga if you're looking for an at-home yoga solution. You can try your first 30 days for free at BulldogOnline.com. That's BulldogOnline.com. And you can use the code EEP for an additional 50% off your first paid month. How about that? Again, that's BulldogOnline.com. Coupon code EEP for 50% off your first paid month. Give it a try. Take care of yourself. Take care of your physical and your mental well-being. Now let's keep going with Courtney. I love that. And it is is—it is such a process, though, of letting go of those expectations. It's not a switch you flip. It's not because you're a great mom that you can suddenly accept your kids exactly the way they are. And we all have that. I have three biological children, soon to be four. And they're all so different, even though they all did come from me. We do share the same biology. Um and I think sometimes we can relate in ways to our kids, and there's just ways, whether it's their interests or the ways they think or the ways they express themselves, where it's just like, who are, like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, I don't get, like, my oldest is so competitive, and it will, he'll think about a game that he lost for days, and it will affect him for days. And I'm just thinking, I don't get it. I, I, I just don't think that way. But, the extraordinary moms I know, and the extraordinary mom that I want to be, is to try and get it, not to not to necessarily agree with it, not necessarily to to go with it or to change my way of thinking, but to have compassion and love and support and empathy for these kids that that do things differently or think differently or things like that. And and I'm not sure if you spoke it like, have you ever experienced mental illness before? And if so, or if not. How do you find yourselves relating to B or to any of your other kids, quite frankly, that, that just operate on a different wavelength than you do? And how can we have more yeah. love and, and understanding and compassion for, for our kids that, that are different from us?
1: That's um, what I spend a lot of my days thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've experienced a little bit of depression in my life, mm-hmm. but nothing to the level um, that B experiences every single day. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've seen therapists and counselors at different times in my life, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, But no, and no one in my family has had the struggles that I I didn't, again, there was very little modeling for this. Well, I and think just generally
0: very- generation, generationally too, there's just so much more discussion about it now. Even if it did exist before, you know, Absolutely. it took years to find out my mom was on medication for anxiety, and I'm like, oh, like we have that in common. Like, oh, I didn't even right. know, right? right. So that, yeah,
1: we could have had that conversation, right? right? Like right. those. Are- but and that's why I feel so passionate about being honest and open about it, because when we are quiet about these, this subject matter, we feel weird and different and like something's wrong with us instead of being very open and honest. And then someone's like, oh, this is why talking and telling our stories is so important, because then it's like, oh, you too, me too. Oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. It's it's about val- it's so valuable. I will say my John and I's general parenting belief is that we are gardeners and not carpenters.
0: Oh, Oh, say that again. Say that again. Uh,
1: It's a book. And I I I don't, I don't know the author off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll, I'll get it for you so we can, you know, share that. that. But um, I, we believe that we are gardeners and not carpenters. We are not creating children into something. Our job is to make a safe, rich Soil in which they can become whomever they are supposed to be. Hmm. And when I keep that in mind, that helps me with the differences. Yeah. And my children are incredibly different. They, they like different things. They have different hobbies. They do not conform to most of societal's norms. Yeah. And I love it. I want them to embrace their individuality and their uniqueness and you know what's so amazing? My husband is sitting across from me in our home office, and he just sla- uh, he just texts <laughs> me that the the author of that book is um, Allison Go- Gopnik, and it's The Gardener and the Carpenter. Thanks,
0: John. He, does he want to like come on his extraordinary mom podcast? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Re- recapper, perfect. Thanks, John. That's
1: awesome. But anyways, when we keep that in mind, uh, it gives me comfort yeah. because you know what they. They're gonna become who whomever they are. And my family is a great example of this because of none of my children share genetics and they all have different desires in life. And one might grow into being a beautiful uh, aspen tree and another might be a lily and, and the, and the third might be a tomato plant, you know, like, I don't know, but it's not my choice to decide what they're going to become. My entire job is to make sure that the soil is rich and safe and loving. And so that whomever they're trying to become just happens kind of like what we talked about in the beginning. How does our body know? Well, it just does. That's the flow of life. We're not here to construct life. We're here to move with the flow of it. Right. And and
0: what I see a lot from you too is trying to find the connective points in your family. Like it seems like adventuring is a big part of your family's life and experiencing those memories together. And um, being off the grid together and things like that. And when you're able to find those wires of connection, there may not be a huge Venn diagram lop over in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of us feel that, and it can be really hard to, to connect, but when you're able to find those, those wires of connection, it, it, it does invigorate a family.
1: It does. And we are very John and I have been very intentional about this in and yeah. calling those out. It's okay. one thing to kind of think about them in your brain and say, and we call them values, right? Um, these are the, the, what we value as a family. They are how we are going to help um, raise these kids. These are, and one of them for us, like you mentioned, is adventuring. And uh, we, we, bought a, we bought an adventure van a couple of years ago. It's a, a sprinter van that we've outfitted, that John's outfitted on his own, that we as a family of five can go pull up anywhere and sleep in it. And um, so we do that on the weekends and we love to travel. And we have found that with our family, when we are outdoors together um, on a hike or by a lakeside, those are connecting points is for us for whatever reason that works so that's one of our family values and it has helped us to actually call it out right and and for the family my family of origin the family I grew up in it was sports yeah okay Uh, yeah I had four of my of the six of us played collegiate athletics I was not one of I was one of the two that did not (laughs) but but like sports was we in a gymnasium watching or playing together I mean the number of Saturday mornings in the church gym shooting free throws the number of hours spent right yeah and we uh, my dad has since passed but it was a really big belief of his that if he could teach his children how to shoot a jump shot he could teach them you know more important lessons about life yeah so I it's not going to look the same for every family uh, my kids could care less about sports chase the super bowl was on and he looked up and he was like I know nothing about football (laughs) and and you know what he doesn't he's an artist and a creative and I'm so great with that but you know it's It's going to look different for everyone, but call it out and make it intentional, right? Like whatever it is for you. What is it for you guys, Jessica? What is one of those values and those connection points for your family?
0: Music, music. My husband and I met singing and I always wanted like a family band and I thought that meant I had to have daughters and that has yet to come true, but you know, (laughs) we have some falsetto going on and that's fine. But my kids, because they grew up around it and because that brings us together and you're not able to do anything else when you're singing and learning a song and things like that. It keeps you so focused and present in that moment. And then to have something to reflect on and and hear the production of this beautiful song and these words that mean so much to you, it has been huge for us. And so we're doing, we're doing the family band thing. We're the Von Dahlquist. Like that's what we're doing, but um, it's so, you're so right. Like, we say like we're like we're the doll quests. like we're musical. Like if, if they need a music number in church, like we, we raise our hand. Like that's what we do. And we're unapologetic about that. And sometimes, you know, especially boys as they get older or their voice is changing or things like that can be a little bit vulnerable to, you know, have music be your thing or especially singing. But we haven't hit that yet. You know, and we haven't. and I just wanna keep the magic alive that like Hey, that's how my husband got me. Like, hey, you know, you want to be a singer, right, Parker? But it's just yeah. Thanks for asking. That is that's a, that's us. That's the Daquist.
1: I love it. And I, I think it's important to hear these different examples yes. because um, like we're not sporty, we're not musical. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we work a lot, I guess, right? Like yeah. but we find connection outside. Right. And on an adventure. And that's and that's beautiful, right? And I can look at my siblings and some have taken that same sports path, right, mm-hmm. that we were raised in. Um, some find it in my, my brother and his wife, they find it in, in books, right? Like mm-hmm. they all, they'll find a book and the whole family will read it. And that's like, how cool is that? You know, yeah. I wish that was us. It's not. right? But it's almost as if if we can't, this is part of cultivating that good soil, right, is if we can find um, the place where we all feel good and can connect, then these children we're raising that we just want them to be happy can maybe find themselves a little easier in those experiences.
0: I love talking about that connectivity with our families. And you might notice a theme in our ads today. It is the idea of mental well-being. And that is why I want to thank our show sponsor. And that is New Calm. Dealing with stress is a daily struggle. There's different ways to cope. We can do yoga. And New Calm has another option. New Calm gives you the power to slow down and get some distance from what will allow you to then respond better to the demands of everyday life. It's an app that uses cutting edge neuroscience and combines both non pharmaceutical and non-invasive techniques to really support you to relax, have greater awareness, intuition, and provide a calming sensation. It comes with a little kit that includes an eye mask, you use an app that provides a type of meditation, and NuCalm is clinically proven in over 1 million sessions to improve your sleep, reduce your stress, and boost your recovery without drugs and side effects. I have loved using it during my pregnancy to refocus, center, and just have a sense of calm when things start spinning out of control. And so you can own the day like I did. So do what I did. Own the day with New Calm and make 2021 the year you manage your stress better. There's a special link set up specifically for our listeners. Go to EMPNewCalm.com and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of New Calm. Or you get their money back guarantee. That's emp n-u-c-a-l-m dot com. Again, that's E-M-P-N-U-C-A-L-M dot com to get that special offer just for our listeners. So I absolutely love what you're saying about honoring your family of origin and that identity, as well as forming your own and evolving into your own with your nuclear family.
1: And I love this idea of connection. And I'm just going to come back to this mental health That we've talked about a little is and this is the world according to courtney (laughs) but um i think that so much so many of our issues in the world and with mental health would be solved if everyone felt a connection to themselves to a higher power and to other Mm -hmm. and when one of those connections is broken or lost or unseen i believe that's where anxiety depression Suicidal thoughts, all of that can come from a lot easier because we don't have those connection points. And now, if it's only a connection to family and it's not a connection to self, I think that's also highly problematic. Or if there's not a connection to a higher power, call it God, the universe, life, nature, I don't care. But having that connection is also vital that you're a part of something bigger than yourself.
0: Yeah yeah we've I've been having a lot of conversations with my oldest who's eleven today and oh, um, hey. especially in the last year, hearing all the new mental health um issues that have have crept up for kids that have been robbed of a lot of the normalcy and confidence building activities and things like that um that normally bring them joy and connection to both family and and others um we were talking about the increased suicide rates and and just different feelings that happen when when circumstances change and what that can look like for people. And when I brought up a particular situation, um, you know, where a high school football star commits suicide. And it just, it leaves you scratching your head and the parents are like, what happened so quickly? Like he was on this one path and then here he's on another. And, and sadly for people that are on that path much longer and it's such a struggle, I can only, oh, I can't even imagine what you go through day to day, um, but I we were talking and I just said Parker, like, how do you how do you keep believing that there's a reason to keep going tomorrow? You know, when when you have these conflicting thoughts of like, I'm never going to play football again, I'm never going to go back to school, I'm never going to see my friends, I'm so depressed, and he's just like, you just go one more day, one more, and you only need enough. Effort and hope for one more day, and until God chooses otherwise, you're here for one more day on purpose. But with mental illness, it just tricks you. It just tricks. It just tricks you.
1: Yeah. But
0: that's not true.
1: Bah! Uh. Not so fair, wise. not what fair. Wise.
0: He is, he's very insightful. What a wise
1: son. And I think
0: for neurotypical kids, like we need to have these conversations with these children that are not currently in the throes of this, because you don't know if it's coming around the corner for them either. And mm-hmm. even if it's not supporting the kids that struggle and noticing the kids that aren't themselves, right? Like they all being, have a role to play in this.
1: Absolutely, being that touch point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of parents are scared to have these conversations because they feel that they're bringing up subject matter that is too heavy for that child to carry. Yeah. And I understand the need for it to be age appropriate. Yeah. However, as a mother with a child that has struggled her entire life, if she is old enough to experience it, your child is old enough to learn and to empathize with it. And it's happening
0: younger and younger, Courtney. Like, hearing psychologists speak on it, it's like anxiety is creeping in as young as six is the average now. Six! But we see in our kids. We don't always recognize that that's what it is. But tummy aches and attachment issues and different things like that that can manifest, you know, as, as a lot of different things often are the beginning of that. It doesn't mean there's not hope. I mean, look at... I mean, just that you posted a picture of me the other day on vacation that she allowed you to take. Oh, I wanted to tell you, I went to the Bahamas when I was 13 and I really wanted my hair braided too. And just like your bee. And we found a hair braiding station on the sand and about 15 women like descended on my head and started just braiding. And they were charging by the braid, my mom learned very quickly. And they were just teeny, teeny. Shiny braids and she's counting. She's they're like two dollars a braid and she's just counting and she's going, Oh my gosh, my husband's gonna kill me. Like this is gonna be five (laughs) hundred dollars. And it turned out they wanted like three hundred dollars or something like that. And they were just going so fast and she couldn't she's like, stop, stop. I am still like traumatized from this, but B looked great. We we did we did settle down to like eighty bucks or something, like in the Bahamas. Wow. Like, come on, on the sand. But uh, anyways, I when I saw her hair braiding story, and she looked so darling. I was like, oh, that gives me a little PTSD flash. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: do think it's also I um just I've been having these conversations a lot, and I, so I want to touch on it because we're we're walking around the edges of this is like how do we heal it and we talked Mm. about connection and we talked about and I don't have the answer and I'm I'm seeking answers but um I think so much of it needs to be more holistic than it is now is that we have got to look at people as whole beings and not as just a physical being and not just as an emotional being not just as a spiritual but as the whole and how they interact with one another Mm. and take on much more um approaches that, uh, that go to each place, right? Yeah. Like what's the emotion behind the anxiety and where is that coming from? Right. And, um, I, I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that because I think that's where the healing, The when we start having those awarenesses, that's where the healing's going to come in for not only, and it's got to start with ourselves, right? We've got to look at ourselves first. And then when we can look and see those traumas, those traumas we had as a kid if it was hair braiding and what you thought (laughs) oh no and, and what what emotion did that lead to or if it's like bigger things that happened to you as a kid that you've never even faced um and having to say you know what that was really hard for me and then acknowledging that emotion and releasing it and then looking and allowing our kids to do the same
0: Yes, exactly. And, and I like what you said about modeling it first for ourselves and, and walking them through that. And I am not a person who's like, hide your tears from your kids, hide your struggles from your kids. Like, I want them to see me how to walk through it healthfully. And sometimes it looks like crying and being upset yep. for a time and not knowing what to do and then having the resolve to figure out a new path. Like we talked yes. about before and then helping our kids to do that, realizing Parker, it's not about the soccer game loss. Like what is this bringing up? Like it's okay to feel bummed about a soccer game. And then what, is there something else that's bugging you? Does it make you think a certain thing about yourself or, you know, what Absolutely. we think about you um, and helping them to identify those things. And that can start much younger. I think than we give our kids credit for.
1: I I think it can. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I've been talking with my sister a ton about this. She's experiencing some chronic illness Mm. and she is trying to look at it more holistically and how can she heal her body? Um, And she's come down to a lot of emotions as a kid that she never even realized. And like I said, we had a pretty idyllic growing up. Uh, And there were still things that hurt and there were still traumas that happened. And, you know, when I look at my children, and you look at adoption which i'm so incredibly grateful for your first experiences of life are traumatic yeah and there's very little that you had say in and there is healing that has to be done around that and awareness and you know probably not even at 15 is that even gonna start to come into your awareness but just being able to be open and honest and and when they say you know this hurts or I'm angry my experience growing up was like the the big difficult emotions were never okay yeah. right like um anger was not all right and and frustration and that and so we suppressed a lot of that yeah. and so now having to be like you know what it's a, it, when my child is raging it's okay to be angry yeah. you can feel that emotion now you don't get to be violent You don't get to be you know but you can feel that anger and let that move through you so that you're not holding on to it or suppressing it for it to come out later in some other act
0: yeah and and that makes me just think that part of you being equipped for handling these situations with your kids now you know does come from previous life experience of you know maybe not to the same level or the the same exact situations that you're facing with your kids now, but definitely the preparation of feeling disappointment and grief and anger and all of those things and when we try and incubate our kids from those feelings or those challenges. What are we equipping them for later on? You could not have built the company that you've built and, and supported the kids that you've been entrusted to if you had lived your life in an incubator too, even if most of it was very smooth and sunny and supported, right? But we all have those little things that help us to just gain a little bit more perspective on the other things
1: that other people go and through. Exactly. On other people, that's yeah. what empathy is. Yeah. Is I may not know what it's like to be, you know, I may not have walked in your shoes because I haven't. And I'll never know what that's like day to day. But I have experienced grief. Yeah. And I can pull from grief to empathize and sit with you while you're experiencing it. So no... No, Jessica, you may not have experienced a child with mental health, but you have experienced um, desperation. Yeah. Yeah. And you may not be able to sit in the experience with me of it, but you can absolutely sit with me in the emotion. Yeah. And
0: just in, I mean, it just shows the listener today, like you and I live very different lives day to day. Our kids are different ages, all these things. There's a lot of differences between us, Courtney. And yet the connective points that we have, it is bonding. It is, it is love. I have such love for you, Courtney, and I hardly know you. And, you know, and I just, I really do feel that. And I think it comes from vulnerability and sharing our stories and hearing each other. And when I hear you talk about your experiences, it's not that I have to live it myself, but it's just that I just have such deep love and Ugh, just just that empathy for you. And I feel it, and I feel it vice versa too, you know? And so I just think that is why women are incredible and we need each other and we're so, um, we're so bolstered by one another. And that's why comparison, it just, it, it eats up some of that energy. If you're comparing or judging or be, or, or being self-critical too, of like, oh, oh yeah.
1: I mean, I, I'm I'm such a believer in the wholeness that we are and that I, I, my why in life is I want people to own all parts of themselves. Great. I want to own each piece of me because and here's how that how that looks for me is it's for me it's speaking up and talking about the hard things because you and I we don't connect in our accomplishments. Mm-hmm. We don't connect in the shiny parts of our lives where everything's going perfectly. Sure, we can cheer each other on and be happy there. But you and I connect and love and bond over the vulnerability and the places that are not so pretty. We don't cheer for our Favorite stories are those that have picked themselves up off the ground, dusted themselves off, and kept going. It's no fun to cheer for the person that everything has always gone right for. Yeah. Who wants that story?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was listening to a different podcast yesterday, and they were saying how it's like we always, people that are on the rise, we're kind of naturally inclined to for them to, like, watch for their decline. And I thought about that, and it hit me kind of weird hearing it, and I'm just like, I don't think that's true. I mean, maybe it is true for some people, but I'm I'm hoping for nobody to de- to decline. And we're mostly talking about, like, you know, celebrities on a stratospheric-type escalation, right? But it's just like... I don't know, and maybe it's just the people that I choose to surround myself with, and that you choose to surround yourself with. But unless you are a part of a community that is just rallying
1: one hundred percent, find find some new people because they exist, right? And 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 then I would also say look look within, and if you're looking for people, oh, yeah. to to fail or decline or hope that they are, why? Right. What is that? What is that reflection? What does that in you? do what for is, you? Uh huh. What are you? What is that unhealed piece? Is it because you're not living into your potential? Is it because you're not doing the thing you actually want to do? So you want to see someone fail in the thing that they want to do? Yeah. Like turn that mirror to within and ask. Um, but I just, I also am a huge believer that no matter your wealth, celebrity, power, you have stuff and hard things that maybe nobody ever sees. And they're, we all have wounds that we don't talk about, Mm -hmm. but like everyone has it. It's, it's being a human being. And so when we can connect on those levels of vulnerability, they're deeper connections Mm -hmm. and there, I see you and I hear you and I love you.
0: I just can't even tell you how much you resonate that authentically like I met you a year ago and we'd never met before and we spent some time together over the next few days but like instantly you know and it just really attests to the fact that I get why you are where you are like I get it I get why everybody loves Courtney Brown and it's not just a, a means of flattery it's a meaning of it's not just how awesome you are it's what you acknowledge in others It helps them feel safe and important and valued too. So it's both.
1: Thank you. That is very, very kind. And um, I strive.
0: Yeah. I I strive every
1: day to be authentically me, but also to see the authenticity and realness in others.
0: Yeah. I know you do. You're doing it. One (laughs) day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. (laughs) Courtney, you're a busy, busy lady. I've taken enough of your time, and I want to talk to you all day. But maybe I'll just have to come up to Utah and hug you in person, very, very soon, <laughs> once all this is over. But Please do. I with just that new
1: squishy baby Oh, oh so I'll I can bring hold in. him and love on him. I'll bring him. Any more squishy babies in my house? Oh, <laughs> exactly.
0: You're at the point of live vicariously, live like and hand them back. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Courtney, where can people find you online? Because they're gonna want to.
1: Um, You can find me primarily on Instagram at Courtney Ellen Brown, my name, or search out Sense of Style, C-E-N-T-S of Style, um, and that's primarily where I hang out.
0: Perfect. I always ask my guests one final question, Courtney, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self?
1: Oh, uh, that you're more capable than you know and it's going to be harder and more difficult than you could have imagined and more rewarding, more life-changing and more expansive than you could have ever imagined. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You are so good at using the word and instead of but or should, you don't say you don't say those words. You don't do it. Like this whole time I was like <laughs> Because I usually notice, because I try not to do that either. And so I notice when people say those types of things a lot. And you don't. How about that? It's a practice. Yeah, I know. I know. I love it. Courtney, thank you. I love you. I truly do.
1: Thank you. I love you too. And so excited for this next phase of your life.
0: Yay. Oh, I love Courtney. (laughs) I just... I love her for who she is in all of her facets and all the many hats she wears, and she does them all so well, and yet, I dare say, she does not do them all perfectly, but she's in a constant pursuit of growth and expansion and listening and loving, and that is what makes her totally extraordinary so I'm going to link to everywhere you can find Courtney online if you have a family member experiencing mental health challenges if you need a cheerleader you're going to want to follow Courtney if you don't already already everything's linked at extraordinary guys let's go have this baby <laughs> the best way to keep up with me is on Instagram at Jessica Dahlquist three it was three for three boys and now I'm gonna have four boys Oh, but I don't think I'll change my handle. That's too much. Just too much of an Instagram-y thing. Uh, but if you want to follow along with updates on the baby and everything, that's where you can find me. And again, ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com is where you can find all the show notes. This is my last episode for a few weeks. Feel free to dig back into the archives. If you go onto the website ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com and you search in a topic like adoption or racism or... Special needs or uh, author or whatever. Everything is categorized by topic. And so you're able to pick through a little bit easier than just kind of wading through the sea of archives, which are hundreds of episodes long now, which I'm super proud of. But also, I know it's hard to find stuff. So guaranteed, there's some early episodes that you would love. And maybe my interviewing is not as good or my sound's not as good, but. Boy, are these women extraordinary in every form. So definitely check that out over the next few weeks. All right, everybody, let's go have a baby. And we will see you next month with another extraordinary mom. Bye.